Thank you. All right, yeah, I'm Clint. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here today and tuning in online. Uh, we're going to have some fun today, I think, because we're going to be talking about some of the stuff that those jokers are praying about, uh, about being outward focused. We're going to talk about how we can share our faith without being a jerk. And already, I bet there's some of you that are sitting here like, oh no, a message on evangelism. Why do my palms feel suddenly sweaty? Why do I get the urge to run? Well, if that's you, I get it. I get it. Sharing our faith with others uh, can be kind of a touchy subject. You know, we don't want to push people away. We don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to be that person that comes across too forceful. Uh, and some of us, we're still trying to figure out what exactly we believe. So the thought of like sharing our faith with somebody else, you're like, well, I don't even know what I'd say. Uh, well, I get that. And friends, I'm right there with you today. So we're going to kind of come at things from a different angle. Uh, before we do that, quick story. Story time with Clint. Okay, so once upon a time, uh, there was this man. His name was Sammy. Sammy loved Jesus. And as he grew up, he felt the Holy Spirit was inviting him to travel to a far-off place, a land covered in ice and snow, a land that was far too cold. So Sammy went to this place, and he began to pray. He began to pray, and he was asking Jesus to bring somebody into his life that he could share his faith with, that he could teach everything that he knew about Jesus to. So then Sammy went to eat at the third best Italian restaurant in the city, and Sammy and his wife, their waiter was a young, smart Attractive, charismatic young man. And Sammy invited this young man to church. And within a couple of weeks, this young man's world was rocked by the Holy Spirit. And this young man began to experience life-giving transformation. He began to experience hope and healing and freedom. And that young man grew up to have a pretty good mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's me! Surprise! Uh, friends, I'm here because somebody took a risk, stepped outside their comfort zone, invited me to come to church, took me under their wing, taught me everything that they know, pointed me towards Jesus. I'm here because somebody chose to be outward-focused. Somebody leaned in to their, their own internal transformations. They leaned in to their faith, and then that faith oozed out of them into this invite for me to come participate. So friends, if we do this, if we lean into our own transformation and then begin to look outward and ask God, God, what are you doing in the room, and how can I be a part of it? If we do that, we're going to see crazy cool things. This whole room will be full of people, men and women, with awesome mustaches that we've invited at all the different Italian restaurants. No, but seriously, we will see our friends, our neighbors, our family, our co-workers come to experience hope and healing. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how we can lean in to the internal life-giving transformation that we find in Jesus so that we can lean out and invite others into that transformation. So today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, uh, verses 2 through 6. You can grab a, a, a Bible or pull out your, your devicey thingy. Let me pray for us and we'll dive in. 
So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here even more right now. And Father, I just thank you for the hope and healing that you want to pour out today. Father, would you continue the good work that you've started in each and every one of us? And Father, we thank you that you're a God that cares. That you're a God that looks at everybody and wants them to experience your love. So Father, today would you pour out your heart of compassion on us? Would you fill us up? Would you empower us to take risks for your kingdom so that we can see others like taste and see just how good you are? In your holy name, amen. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. The, the Apostle Paul writes, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So Paul starts out uh, by telling us to devote ourselves to prayer. And the word devote here means to be busily engaged. I don't know about you guys, I'm busily engaged in lots of things. I've got two small kids, pretty busy there. You know, I got work, I'm starting school. I'm sure that's going to be a whole thing. Uh, I've got hobbies. I've got so many hobbies. It's ridiculous. I need to cut back on some of my hobbies. But, friends, where are you busily engaged? Where do you feel yourself giving your time and your attention? Because one of the things that we see in the book of Colossians is that we're to have Jesus at the center of our lives. And as we do that, we can devote ourselves to prayer. We spend time with him. We invite him in. We lean into our relationship. And as we lean into our relationship through prayer, that's when Jesus brings us to life. So just take a minute. How is our prayer life? Are we intentionally leaning into this life-giving transformation the Holy Spirit has for us? And now this isn't one of those messages where, uh, don't hear me say try harder. This is not a try harder talk today. You know, don't hear me say, oh, you sinner. Woe to you of little prayer. <laughs> How dare you? God is very disappointed. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying, friends, is that if we devote ourselves to prayer, man, we experience really good things. If we don't, we're missing out. We're missing out on hearing God's voice. We're missing out on experiencing his presence. We're missing out on his love. We're missing out on this transformation that gives us the best possible life. If we're not leaning in, we're missing out. Think of it this way. Because this, this internal work, if we're not doing it, it makes it that much harder to be outward focused. So I think of it like this. You ever go for a... Um, you know, a long period of time, days, months, weeks, years, decades, without working out. And then all of a sudden, at the drop of a hat, you've got to do something physical. Like one of the kids is sprinting towards the middle of the road. And you're like, no! you got to move. You go over to a friend's house. And they're like, all right, well, the, 
we got to carry this piano <laughs> up three flights of stairs. And you're like, okay. You're going to die, right? If we're not training to carry the piano up the stairs, there's no way we're going to be able to do it. We'll get winded. We'll get exhausted. Our legs will fail. Friends, if we're not leaning in to our own internal faith, our own internal transformation, if we try to lean out, we're going to get spiritually winded. You see how that works? The internal then oozes into the external. We can't do the outward focus thing if we're not doing the inward focus thing. And when I think about my friend Sammy, this is what he did. He spent time in prayer. He worked on his own transformation. Jesus was bringing him to life. And when I met him all those years ago working at the restaurant, I felt it. I felt that he was different. I was drawn to the Holy Spirit in him that I saw leaking out in the way that he treated his wife, in the way that he treated this young punk server that he'd never met. It drew me in. So friends, how are we doing with our prayer lives? And this isn't a shame or guilt thing, but we need to know where we are in order to move towards where we want to be. So maybe for you, you're really good at those in the moment, oh God, oh God, oh God prayers. You know those prayers? Like somebody just, oh man, the other day down in Canal Park, I took the kids to the beach. I said some oh God, oh God prayers. Traffic was crazy. I'm just sitting there, oh God, oh God, oh God, please don't let these people hit me. Maybe you're really good at those in the moment prayers. But what you're missing out on is the quiet time with the Lord. The sitting, the reflecting, the creating space to hear his voice in your life. Or maybe for you, it's the opposite. You're really good at the quiet side. You get up early before the kids, you have your cup of coffee, you read your Bible, and then when you close it, your faith stays there. And you go to work by yourself. And you just try to grit your teeth and bear it. And you don't invite God into those moments. Where is God inviting you to lean in? Where is he saying, here is an invite to go deeper in your prayer life? So confession time. Um, I feel like I sometimes treat prayer like a check-the-box thing. You know, like if you had a list of all the things that a good Christian does, prayer would be right up there, right? So I know that I should pray, so I do it, but it's a check-the-box thing. I'm laying in bed at night, and I'm like, oh, I haven't said any prayers today. Better do that. Well, as I was preparing for this message, I was looking for super smart things to say. I came across this quote by C.S. Lewis. I gotta tell you, it slapped me right in the face. So, uh, in a good way. Uh, Lewis says, no one in his senses, if he has any power of ordering his own day, would reserve his chief prayers for bedtime. Obviously the worst possible hour for any action which needs concentration. My own plan, when hard-pressed, is to seize any time and place However unsuitable, in preference to the last waking moment, the body ought to pray as well as the head. Friends, I want to be like this. I want to be a person who seizes every moment to lean into my relationship with Christ. That it doesn't have to be perfect, I just have to be present. Where is God inviting you to be present in your prayer life? So Paul 
as we go on in the verse, he names a few things that we can begin to press into in prayer. He says when we pray, we need to be watchful and thankful. Watchful means, uh, means alert. And prayer is this dynamic thing. It's this back and forth. It's not just us talking to God. Uh, I remember, uh, kids, when you pray, do you do the Christmas list prayers? You know what I'm talking about? I can remember uh, listening to my little sister pray. She was like, dear God, I want a pony. I want a pink room. I want my brother to be nicer to me. Tears. Friends, it's okay to pray those prayers. We should bring God like all of our needs, but we need to create space to listen for God's voice. Because as we talk to God, God's going to talk to us. We need to create room to listen. And he's going to say good things to us, encouraging things. He's going to say challenging things, hard things. And so um, I'm sure our interim pastor, John, I'm sure he stole this quote from somebody, but I heard him say it first. So in my head, this is a John Clue original. But John said once, if when you pray, all you hear is what you want to hear, you're probably praying to yourself. Oof, yeah. Oof. Jesus, he's bringing us new life. He does this when we lean into prayer. He speaks good things to us. I love you. I'm for you. He speaks hard, challenging things to us. Clint, be nicer to your sister. He invites us into things. And that changes the way we show up. The internal work we do in prayer changes our outward expression. And as we begin to pivot outwards, when we enter into prayer and become watchful, God begins to speak things to us for other people. Are we paying attention to that? If when you're spending time in prayer, you just keep seeing somebody's face over and over and over, it pops into your head, or you keep thinking about a certain place, almost like you're drawn to it, that might be the Holy Spirit drawing you towards somebody. It might be the Spirit of God inviting you to go to a place. Maybe he has something there for you. Are we creating space to listen for that? So, first practical tip for today. I've got a couple practical tips. This is number one, about sharing your faith without being a jerk. Begin to practice prayer and watchfulness every time you enter into a room with other people. So what I mean by that is, let's say, you walk into a coffee shop. We all love coffee, right? I do. So much coffee. You walk into a coffee shop, take a deep breath. <sighs> Holy Spirit, come. Lord, what are you doing in this room right now? And then you're alert, you're watchful. You're listening for the voice of God. Because God speaks to all of us, no matter how old or how young. He's speaking to us. So you're in a room, you begin to notice stuff. You see this group of friends over here having a cup of coffee, and they're chatting and they're laughing, and then you feel the joy of the Lord over their friendship. And then you look, and you see the barista, and he just feels heavy. Like, not work stress, there's something else going on there. Holy Spirit, what's that? And then you look over here, and you see a guy sitting in the corner by himself, and your heart just breaks. You feel for this guy like in your very bones. 
those are probably God's feelings. He's pouring stuff into you. He's showing you what's going on in the room. So as we devote ourselves to prayer, as we're watchful, this is all internal work. This is stuff that God does in us so that he can then work through us. So let's keep going in the verse. We're going to look at one more thing uh, internally that helps us be outward focused. The verse says that when we pray, we're to be thankful. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one because a couple weeks ago, John talked all about gratitude and being thankful, and it was an amazing message. Go listen to it. But what I want to point out is how important a practice of gratitude is because gratitude takes the focus off of us and puts, us, puts the focus back on God. So example time. Um, you guys, if you were here a few weeks ago, I spoke about my neighbor in the Cold War with the blinky blinky light. That's resolved itself. The light's no longer blinking. He enjoyed the pie I gave him. We are becoming friends. So now that the Cold War is over, I need a new enemy. It's the raccoons. I've got three little baby raccoons living under my canoe. I know, they're adorable. I got some videos of them that uh, I took with the girls. Find me after the service at the family gathering. I'll show you this video. They're amazing. And they attack my trash. A couple times a week, man, they knock the garbage over. There's trash everywhere. And like yesterday, I walk outside, get ready to go for a run, and there's just trash everywhere. And I look up and down the block. Nobody else's garbages are knocked over just mine. I don't know why I'm being targeted. I'm not super grateful for it. <laughs> you have those moments? You have those moments where you're going about your day, your day is good, and then you have a, oh no, my garbage is knocked over a day? You know, maybe you get a bigger project at work because somebody else dropped the ball. Maybe, uh, you know, you stop at the stop sign, you go through and somebody else who didn't stop at the four-way T-boned you, know, you, and now you've got to take your car in because somebody else screwed up. It's hard to find reasons to be grateful in those moments. But if we lean in, if we practice gratitude, that's where we meet Jesus. That is what brings us into his presence. Let me show you what I mean. We'll use my example. Trash on the ground. I hate it. I'm mad. You cling to the very first thing of gratitude that you can find. Well, at least I'm just cleaning up coffee grounds and banana peels instead of a bunch of dirty diapers. Grab it. Cling to it. Then you take it a level deeper. You know what? I'm grateful that I have a yard. That is a privilege. Not everybody has a yard. I'm blessed that I'm in a position where I can have a yard. Then you take it a level deeper. Lord, thank you for creation. Thank you for the beauty that's reflected in nature. Thank you that I get to spend time in nature today. You go deeper still. Lord, thank you that you are reconciling all creation to you. That you are making this world perfect again. Thank you. Go deeper and deeper. Lord, thank you that you've cleaned up the trash that is my life. Thank you. And eventually, you start praying things like Paul does, Colossians 1.12, and giving joyful thanks to the Father 
who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Lord, thank you for redemption. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for Jesus. See how that works? This gratitude brings us into the presence of Jesus. When we practice that, it changes the way that we show up. Now, I'm not showing up super angry that uh, my yard is covered in trash. I'm showing up thankful for Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. You see how that works? So friends, let's start practicing gratitude because this is a form of worship and it transforms the externals. So we devote ourselves to prayer. We're watchful and thankful. And then Paul, he begins to pivot this verse towards being outward focused. And he tells us to pray for an open door for the message of the mystery of Christ. So we begin to pray for an open door because sharing our faith this is spiritual work. Someone coming to know Jesus depends a lot more on the power of the Holy Spirit than it does on the words I choose to say. And at the same time, we work together with Jesus. There is work for us to do. We need to be genuine and loving. We need to be kind, caring, compassionate. We need to be outward focused, loving and serving those around us and open to what God is doing in their lives. Uh, the best way that I know how to do this is by staying rooted in prayer. We lean in so that we can lean out. And we see my friend Sammy did this all those years ago. He was praying that God would bring somebody into his life that was open to receiving the mystery of Christ. And then, hey, look, I showed up. And that may seem like a coincidence. And there's a bunch of coincidences in this story. I mean, this, uh, when I met Sammy, it was around Christmas time. Sammy had gotten a gift card as a Christmas present to my restaurant. One coincidence. He showed up on a night that I was working. The hosts sat him in my section. He didn't know this, but like God had been doing a bunch of deep spiritual work in me. I had started to ask questions. I had started to read my Bible, and I was getting to the point where I knew that I needed a community of people and a mentor. Those could all be coincidences. But I've found that the more we pray, the more we see coincidences happen. We lean in so that we can lean out. So this is another super practical tip for living in a more outward-focused life. Start praying that the Holy Spirit would open doors. And we can pray generally, you know, Lord, would you open doors uh, for me to share you at work, at the gym, in my neighborhood? And we can pray specifically for people. So who are the people in your life right now that just pop into your head? Who are the people that you really, really, really want to be in this room with you or watching with you online in this moment? How do we begin to pray for those people? Can you carve out time in your day to say, Lord, would you create an open door for Chloe, for Mark, for Daniel? to come to know your love, your grace, to experience this life-giving transformation. 
So we begin to pray for open doors. Okay, so we pray. We ask God for these open doors. And if we sense an open door, what the heck do we do with that? What do we say? I've had lots of people over the years come to me and say, like, well, I really want to share my faith, but I am terrified that I'll say the wrong thing, that I'll come across as a jerk, that I'll be over the top, that I'll push them farther away, that I'll get embarrassed, that I'll embarrass God, that it'll be awkward, ba-da, 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 on and on and it goes. And if you're asking those questions, good job. You are a nice human. The world needs more nice humans. What I've found is that if you are a nice human, people will treat you like a nice human. They're not going to treat you like a jerk. If we lean in, if we are transformed, that's what's going to come out of us. That's what people are going to see. They're not going to think we're a jerk because we're not a jerk. We are nice humans, transformed by Jesus. And at the same time, there's always a risk. You never know how people are going to react. Years ago, I used to do the hot chocolate giveaways downtown. Nice thing. Here, a cup of hot chocolate. I had people throw them on the ground. I don't need your charity. Okay. That's fine. We embrace the risk because we take a little bit of risk. We step a little bit outside of our comfort zone. We invite somebody to church. We share our faith. We give them a cup of hot chocolate. And God empowers that little bit of risk. The Holy Spirit shows up. And then we see lives transformed. We get to be like a front row seat to what God is doing. A little bit of risk, huge payoff. But pulling back, question. What do I say? What do I say? In verse 3, uh, Paul asks for prayer that he may be able to proclaim the gospel clearly as he should. We need clarity. So what does that mean for us? Do we need to memorize a gospel presentation? Do we need to know all of the verses in Romans so that we can share those? Do we need to carry around those Bible tracts and hand them out to people? What does this mean for us? Well, Jesus said in Mark 13, verse 11, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. So friends, don't overthink it. Living an outward-focused life means that we love, we serve, we show up in a way that brings glory and honor to God, and when given the opportunity, we trust that Jesus will show us what to do, that Jesus will give us the words. And more than likely, this is going to be rooted in what we know about Jesus. It's going to be rooted in our own personal experiences. So what's your experience of Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? Do you make your decisions based around what he says is good rather than what we think is good? Downstairs, young friends, when we talk about, um, about Jesus, we call him our forever friend. He's somebody that's with us forever, like a good friend should be. Always there, always caring, always by our side. Is Jesus our forever friend? Who's Jesus to you? Is he someone that you admire from a distance? Or do you believe what Paul writes about in Colossians 2.9 when he says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity 
lives in bodily form? Do we believe that Jesus is God, that he is our savior? Because when we get clear on who Jesus is, we get clear on who we are. Uh, across the hall, in the room that I used to work in, our youth room, we have it written on the wall. It says, students becoming students of Jesus. And I often gesture to it, right? Clint points towards the wall. Are we students of Jesus? Are we following his teachings? Are we experiencing this internal transformation? Do we know that we are united with Christ, that we are safe, secure, loved? Because when we know who Jesus is, we know who we are. And it's out of that spot that we share our faith. That's what we share. That's what we share. We share our best friend, Jesus. We share our Savior, Jesus. We share what we know, what we've seen, what we experience. That God loves us, that he's for us, that he never leaves us, that he never forsakes us, that he's bringing us to new life. We share that Jesus loves us so much that he died on a cross for us so that we could experience hope and forgiveness so that we can draw close to him. Friends, that's what we do. We just share our experiences. And as we experience more of God in our own relationship, we're better able to clearly share that with others. But Paul says in verse 5 that this takes wisdom. Wisdom. We have to ask ourselves, what is loving right now? For example, let's say you're at the grocery store. Is it loving to corner the cashier and talk about all the historical proof about the resurrection of Christ when their line is getting longer and longer and longer? Is that loving? No, that's not loving. That's not loving. We need to be loving in our interactions. The way that Paul words it is he says, uh, we need to use wisdom in the way we act towards outsiders. And I want to pause right there because what Paul's not saying is that we need to act different when we're around people that don't believe in Jesus. That's not what he's saying. Our internal transformation should fuel our external actions. We need to be the same person everywhere we go. The same person on Sunday that we are Tuesday afternoon. We need to ask, are my actions loving in this moment? We need to use wisdom. In this moment, how can I share Jesus? Is that words? Is that deeds? Is that prayers in the moment? Prayers at a distance? And what we have to be careful about is we need to continue to lean inwards. Otherwise, when we try to lean outwards, our evangelism will be fake and it'll come across as a check-the-box type thing. We don't want to do evangelism as a check-the-box type thing. That's not loving. So, a couple examples. This is what I mean. Uh, number one, ask anybody that's ever worked as a server who their least favorite customers are. It's going to be the Sunday after church crowd, like nine times out of ten. In the service industry, Christians, we have a terrible rap. We show up, we spend hardly any money, we sit too long at the table, we come across as entitled, we want the best service, but we don't tip. We draw a line through the tip column. We leave Bible tracts that say, you want a tip? 
Get to know Jesus. That's your tip. Gosh, when I was at the Olive Garden, we get these Bible tracks all the time. Like, it looks like a $100 bill, so you're like, oh, man, cool. Pow. Sinner, you're going to hell. <laughs> it's just spaghetti, man. What do you want from me? Friends, that is check-the-box evangelism. That is, I am going to be self-centered and self-focused and get what I want, but I'm going to leave a Bible track, so I punch my evangelism ticket. That's not what we want. But here's the thing. This can be really sneaky. This creeps up in different ways. Like, well, you know, I give money to a charity that spreads the gospel, so I don't need to talk about Jesus because I'm doing the thing over here. Or I tithe to my local church and they got a super great food shelf so I can turn a blind eye to the poor in my neighborhood because I'm already doing the work over here. Friends, we can't let this check-the-box evangelism creep into our hearts. That's why we need to lean in because Jesus will pour his heart of compassion into us so that we can lean out. So that's one example. Second example, uh, this is what I call cool evangelism, good evangelism. This is not check-the-box evangelism. Uh, anybody in here love, like, sleight-of-hand magic? I love sleight-of-hand magic. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, Lance Burton, he's my favorite. Uh, but you know Penn and Teller? Uh, one half of Penn and Teller, Penn, he's the bigger guy, uh, devout atheist. Does not believe in the existence of any sort of a deity. On his car, he's got license plates that say, atheist, no God, and godless. Like, he's really proud of this. This is a, like a core part of his identity. He's got a podcast called Sunday School with Penn, which is like an atheist podcast. Anyway, I don't know, man. Uh, really good magician. He tells this story about one time he was, uh, him and Teller were doing this show. It was like a two-day show. And they get done with the first night of performance, and this guy comes up. This guy is super humble. He's very, um, like, complimentary of the show, but genuine, like complimenting specific things. Nice man. Second day, next show, this guy is back. Sits through the show, very engaged the whole time. Goes up to Penn at the end. Says, hey, man, I, I love your work, and I got you a present. And he hands him one of those uh, Gideon New Testament Bibles, one of those little guys. And then uh, Penn opens it, and there's a very nice note written on the inside. Personalized. I think the guy might have even left his contact information in there. Like, hey, man, you have any questions, just call me. So Penn goes home. He makes this video talking about this guy. And in there he goes, now I know there's not a God. I'm sure of it. But this was a good man. This was a good man. Think about that. When we're outward focused, we're not always going to see immediate results. We're not going to see the magician drop down to his knees and cry out, there is a God. We're not going to see that all the time. But God is working. In him acknowledging that this man was humble and um, like an authentic follower of Jesus, that slid pen just a little bit closer towards the Lord. Just a little bit closer. So friends, how are we doing this stuff? How are we authentically walking out our faith? How are we leaning in 
embracing humility, recognizing that maybe we don't have all the answers, but man, we know where to get life. We've experienced this transformation. So in a humble way, in a kind, loving, caring way, we're just going to invite people into the transformation that we've experienced. Friends, how are we making space in our lives to do this? How are we leaning in so that we can be aware of maybe where God is inviting us to share our transformation with? Can we do that this week? God, what are you doing in the room? How can I partner with you? What's loving in this moment? How can I point people towards you in big ways and small ways? Because friends, we want to be an outward-focused community. It starts with us leaning in, praying, being alert, so that we can lean out. This is for everybody. Kids, adults, I guess young adults, because that's maybe in the in-between. This is for all of us. I know some of you, maybe you're getting a little bit nervous about like, I don't know, Clint. I don't know if I have that evangelism gift. This sounds super scary. Read verse 6, because this is, I love verse 6. Paul writes, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Full of grace, seasoned with salt. Grace, kind, loving, caring, compassionate, understanding, welcoming. Salt, salt is used to preserve what's good, to bring out flavor. Salt makes food fun. It enhances the experience. Think about it this way. Fries with salt, way better than fries without salt, right? Salt is, yeah, you got it. Salt is good. Evangelism, sharing our faith, being outward focused. Friends, this is fun. This is fun. The way that I sum up this verse, it's, uh, this is salty grace. Don't be a jerk, have fun. So what is your thing? What's the thing you like to do? How do you have fun? Taylor Swift, go to a Taylor Swift concert. Board I know, gasp. Make the friendship bracelets. <laughs> Wear the sparkly dresses. I'm working my way through Taylor's discography. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. That's neither here nor there. Go to a Taylor Swift concert. You like board games? Play board games. You like organized sports? Go play soccer. Whatever your thing is, go do your thing. And then invite Jesus into the middle of it. Be praying for your soccer team. Be praying for your classmates. Ask God to open the doors. Because friends, this is supposed to be fun. And the more we lean in, the more life transformation in us and through us we'll see. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where all the internal work that we do, we get to see manifest and invite people into that. We put Jesus at the center. We set our hearts and minds on things above. He shows up in powerful ways. He gives us new life. And then all we do is say, Holy Spirit, come. Open these doors. Who in my life can I invite into this new life, into this life-giving transformation? This is for everybody. Kindergartners, middle schoolers, grade schoolers, you guys, college students, we're all going back to school. Can I challenge you guys something right now? If you're, if you're going to school right now, or you know, a couple weeks, can you just raise your hand so I can see where you are? Online, you're not off the hook just because you're not here. If you're going back to school, 
I have a challenge for you, okay? Pray before you go to school. Say, God, would you be with me when I go to school? When you get to school, God, would you help me be kind, caring, compassionate towards my friends and my teachers? When you're like in school, you know how you switch from class period to class period? You go from math to social studies? In the in-between, God, would you be with me during this next class period? Invite God to be with you every time because he's there. And the more we bring our awareness to it, the more God is going to show up and help us be kind. Uh, my youngest, no, not my youngest, my oldest daughter, I only got two of them, Clara. <laughs> every day she talks about this one boy at school that's not mean to her. No, other way around, that is mean to her. I don't like this boy. I have to tell her, Clara Joe, you can draw a boundary, but you still have to be kind. We are people who are kind in our actions, our thoughts, our words. So kids, if you're going back to school, how can you live out your faith? How can you be like Jesus by being kind to your classmates, to your teachers? How can you pray for them? How can you love them? How can you support them? Grown-ups, this is for you too. If you're a grown-up in the room, can you raise your hand? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, maybe. Guys, this is for you too. The world is an unkind place. We get to bring that kindness. We lean into our faith so that we have something to give, so that we can lean out, so we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, so we can point people towards hope and healing. So friends, let's not just talk about it. Let's do it. And you stand up with me? We're going to enter into ministry time. Remember, after we leave here, we have a cool barbecue. Go to the barbecue. Be together. It's going to be awesome. Come find me. I'll show you videos of the trash pandas on my phone. <laughs> but friends, let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here even more right now. Father, we thank you for the new life that you are inviting each and every one of us to. God, would you fill us with even more hope and healing as we lean in to our relationship with you. Would you help us to hear your voice? Would you help us to practice gratitude? Would you help us to remember to pray for our friends, our neighbors, our teachers, our classmates. God, would you give us eyes to see those open doors? And Lord, would you give us the courage to take one little step outside of our comfort zone to share what we know about you to be true so that we can see you transform lives. Right now, I just speak against fear of getting it wrong. God, would you empower us to take risks? And there's some of us that uh, we know that area of life that we need to lean into, but there's some block, there's some obstacle. So Lord, would you come right now? Would you remove that obstacle? Would you help us to live the life that you're calling us to? And right now, I pray, Lord, that you would 
Show us the people in our lives that you would have us pray for. Whether that's our classmates, our teachers, our bus drivers, our coworkers, our neighbors. And would we be able to pray for them from a spot of love and compassion, wanting what's best for them? Father, would our community be a community marked by internal transformation that spills outward? Would people know us <laughs> much in the same way that that magician recognized the humility and the love in that man that gave him the Bible? Would we be able to influence people towards you by showing up as our authentic selves everywhere we go? So if you're on the ministry team, why don't you start walking towards this carpet spot? So these folks that are going to come forward, they would love to pray with you about any and anything that's going on in your life. Um, the good, the hard, the in-between. If you've got something that you want to celebrate, come celebrate. Church is a time of celebrating too. So these folks would love to pray with you about anything that's going on in your lives. Uh, we're going to continue to worship. And then we're going to move outside and have food together. So stay in here as long as you can. And then when you're ready, let's go party. Uh, thank you all so much for coming to the Vineyard. Let's live outward-focused lives.